Ask him anything. Our auto expert, Nick Miles, has an answer. Direct message your questions at our auto expert on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Oh, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on that smart speaker that's so annoying in the corner of your living room. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. You got the clap yeah. oh, hi, Nick. thing going on today. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. You, uh, I, think, I think you have my mic. I do. You're not just you're just not turned up enough. Oh, oh I have your mic. Yeah, there you go. That's what we're doing. That. See, we were we were bamboozled. <clears throat> Just to organize here. Uh, locally created, nationally celebrated. Um, we were uh, we were having trouble with the stream. I I'm surrounded in wires, Nick. You are. I have so many USB cords around me. Yeah, I I suggested you didn't stand in a bucket of water, but you insisted. It makes the USB connection better. It does. I seem to done TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that that's the first mistake. Yeah, Nick, I was just trying to make the I was trying to boost the strength of the signal by putting myself in some water. With Can you thing. do anything on your car on yourself, apart from open the door and drive it, and you know the usuals? So like maintenance and me- yeah, maintenance, maintenance and mechanical things. I think. This doesn't include like squirting WD-40 into the car lock or stuff like no, that. No, I wasn't going to cherry pick. I think, I think, there's two things I can do. One, as I'm pretty confident that I can check the oil level. Yeah. Because there's little meters in the I'm, thing. I'm already sad at looking at you right now. I'm ashamed. So that That's the crescendo, though. That's the big one. <laughs> so that, and I've had to twice do like the fix the flat thing. I did that. Like you changed the flat tire. No, absolutely not. I no. just sprayed goop in it and then hope. You put the fix a flat can on and you just pressed the button. And just prayed. Yeah. yeah. So like, kind of. So like one and a half. Even um, an uneducated child from the third world could do that. I'm sure. Pretty much. And I don't, I, that's not, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I can do, but then see. <laughs> that's who you so are. I can, so I can check the oil, like yeah. if, if I need some. Yeah. And then, I mean, you just pour it in, right? Well, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> There's, you have to know what oil to add. You have to make sure it's the right weight. You know, oil comes in weight. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, there's things that you should probably know. I feel that you should go through a car maintenance class. I honestly feel like I should because I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Well, how about we have Sergio, our mechanic friend, teach you the basics in car maintenance to do on your car? That would be great. And we do it as a video series. I asked him because it my car's been parked for a little bit. I asked him like, okay, so if I were One to yeah. if I were to like restart it, and what do I like? What are the like few things I should be doing? He's like, yes, yeah, just for you specifically, just get a new car. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just too much. You're just, I love you, buddy, but I, you're. Should I call a funeral service? <laughs> yeah, like, we should. He's just like you know, I could help you, but no. When is your lease up? Oh, I don't know. Is there an is there a timeline on it? <laughs> yes, that's the whole point of a lease. It expires. Oh, I don't know. Are you still paying? Yeah. Have they sent you letters? No, I've been paying. Have they sent you letters? Mm-hmm. Like return your car. For what? How I've, many? I right, paid for it. Why let, do I return let, it? Let Let's start. It's a lease. Leases have start and end dates. Oh, is that what the time oh. frame was? <laughs> Can we go back to the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really really scared for you right now. How did you, how old are you? I just turned 41. How did you make it? My smile <laughs> and good looks. Your smile must be incredible because mm. I have no idea how you got this far. It is, look. <laughs> I'm really cute. How did you get this far? I, a lot of tacos. <laughs> don't know. Dude. I don't know, I, don't, I know nothing. I love you, but dude, yeah, ha- they let you sign that piece of paper for a lease? Yeah, they, he was happy to give me the lease. Yeah, paper. I bet he was. Then give me your money. Yeah, I don't. Fuella? I, I don't. I'm sure it's in the 2000s. Please don't ever sign anything. No. You sure it's in the 2000s? Yeah, he was in the 2000s when you signed the lease. I'm sure. Like, you know. I'm so sure. let me go back to some basic questions for you. Okay. Everyone in the audience has like got their head in their hands right now. There's like there's like two million people going. Oh no. Um, when did you get the car? Ooh. Um. <laughs> These questions too hard. At the end of 2000, no, 2019. All right. 
at how, the beginning. How long was the lease? Yes. <laughs> how many years was it over? Was it one, huh? two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years? How long were you going to make payments? How many years were you making payments? Until it was paid off? No, that's not a lease. A lease is like a rental agreement where they take the car back at the end. It's I'm just renting it? Yeah. Stop. Yeah, that's a lease. A lease is a rental agreement. It's not even mine? No. Well, I so got some when, explaining to do that. When, when they take that car back at the end... It has to be in the same condition they gave it to you in. So it. any damage or anything you have to pay for. Oh, it's not. It <laughs> well, definitely is not. I learned we'll, on that one. We'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it has what? to be running and in the same condition that they gave it to you. Wait a minute, hold on. Despite wear and tear. So what if I give what if I give them all the money it's worth? You it's can buy your car at the end of the lease and they will have given you a price that you can buy it for when you sign the lease. I'm just giving you general terms. Your lease may be slightly different. You can only do a certain amount of miles per year. If it's a lease you signed, did you sign a lease or did you sign a, buyment agree a buying agreement? That's a good question. Uh, these are clearly questions that we need to see an agreement <laughs> for. I'm not even going to ask anymore because it's going to start getting depressing. I, got, I, should, I, I, th I should call them. No, I would get an agreement out before we even do anything else. Where is the agreement you signed? I'm quite sure it's a lease. I remember the L word being so dropped a So leases are over time, and they will have sent a notice to you that your lease expires here, and they expect you to drop the car off here and at this time and date, and they need to see your insurance policy every year. They need to see all these different things. If you don't turn them in, you're in violation of the lease. It will, A, mess with your credit amazingly horribly, and B, they will start repossessing. <laughs> and you don't want and uh, your trucks turning up to your house and those type of things. So Yeah. And since you're not registered where you live right now, it could be another problem. <laughs> oh man. I'm so, I'm slowly beginning to think I've made a, a bad deal. <laughs> not necessarily. It's correctable, but we probably should get on that. And then we should think about <laughs> what you want to drive. A tank. Yeah. No, that would be expensive. Yeah, no. And the I'm, gas, can you imagine like three miles a gallon? Fill her up. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I'm I, a great driver now, but when I first started, no. Everybody so says that. Oh, I'm a fantastic. It's like one of my hidden talents. It's it's one of those, I, sh I really should have like a, a Netflix movie about me, how I didn't drive until like three uh, there's years other, ago. There's other Netflix movies that I want to make about you before the driving one. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one though, because I don't, I like, here I am, you know, coasting life on my good looks and charm, and then um, I'm afraid to drive, and then, oh my goodness, you're NASCAR level. I'd like you to just park the animal rescue rig in a parking space in the mall before you're a good driver. Nope. Yeah, see? I'm not. I we can't. The challenge number one, denied. I don't. I couldn't park that in an open parking lot. <laughs> it's too big. It's way too big. It's way too big. Your talent stop at a 2017 Hyundai Accent. Well, here's the deal, yeah. Here's the thing. It, you have to use geometry to park and drive trucks. Trigonometry, but okay. That too. And I, I am nowhere near trigonometry. I mean, once you start adding letters to math, it's like English to me. And what I happened to the good driver part? Uh, that I just, I'm, it's in my DNA, man. Right. So you're a really good driver, but you can't do trigonometry. Right. Someone upstairs. <laughs> it's like saying I'm a really good shot, but I can't hold a rifle. <laughs> oh, Nick, come on. I mean, that's what you just told me. Well, you know what? I'm a really good snooker player, but I don't do angles. <laughs> I feel I'm like that's what I'm hearing from you. I feel like I'm about as as as, as useful as a as a ashtray on a motorcycle. Your words. <laughs> I can, Your words. I don't even. What do you? So I got hoodwinked in my car deal. No, I didn't say that. I, no, I think you, I did no, though. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you don't have any information to let me help you. I don't know nothing. I'm pretty sure though. Now that thinking about it, because I went and got, I had to go buy a car like immediately. Here's, I had to do here's, it here's the positives. You're not dumb. That's right? true. So if someone presents something to you, you usually see the flaws. And if, if they presented it to you, unless they were hoodwinking you, you would have seen the flaws. So I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't stiff you royally. No. I'm guessing 
that you probably would have realized, you know, it was an okay deal. The great thing about it is now when your lease is up, you could buy that car and it's probably worth if you purchased it more than you, you, your purchase price is probably worth less than what the car is worth. So you could purchase it and resell it and make some money. I might do that. Because they did the deal with you before COVID and now cars are worth more. Yeah, it was. So it was yeah, it was right before. So I, they want that car back. That I've gotten way more letters from them about that than anything to do with my lease. Yeah. Them say, Hey, what's up with your car? We'd like to take it from you. I bet they would. Because they can sell that for more than it's worth. If you think he's an automotive intellectual, you should try his spicy peanut butter chicken. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Oh, welcome back to the show. Our auto expert show, radio show, is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our TV segments. You can start a conversation with us. Just, you know, ask us a car question. We get lots of them. You can direct messages at Our Auto Expert. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. On the phone with us is uh, Mike Cadell. He has been uh, RVing it all week. Uh, We talked a little bit about some of the things that he has been doing. Um, We talked a little bit about... Hurricane Ian, but also um, Mike. Let's just touch bases on the. I'm. I've been looking up pictures of this um, new Pause RV. Who makes it? This is made by Forest River, Forest and River. Um, you know they're one of the two big players in the industry. The biggest player is Thor. They own Keystone, KZ, Tiffin. They own just about everyone. But Forest Rivers, uh, you know, they've got this incredible pause, this new new product, and it's it's pretty cool. They also own a company that you dig. It's a company called Nobo, meaning no boundaries. And uh, it's another adventure-styled off-road, off-grid travel trailer. Um, but the, theme, the other theme outside of overlanding, which uh, it was a big theme up at Elkhart, is during coronavirus pandemic, you know, people still wanted to get on the road, even though it was, you know, stay, stay home, stay confined, you know, keep your distance. You yeah. could do that in an RV. And so you get out there on the open, open country roads, uh, RV spots. So campsites, campgrounds are considered, um, necessities. They're places that people live. So they, they didn't have to close down. Well, one thing RV makers learned from the pandemic is that people wanted more space now to spread out their their work gear right so that you could work from the road so um keystone has one that has a built-in office in the rear Uh, i met this new company they launched in 2021 called ember rv and uh, they're based up there in elkhart as well brand new company and their grand touring model has a cool separate office in the back of their travel trailer and it just gives you know it's got hdmi input it has a big television that you can dual as a monitor in the back it gives you everything that you want to want to need on the road that is probably a lot of people obviously want to do that now obviously trailers right now is it going to come to full rvs uh yeah of course yeah it's already integrated into rvs you know rvs so an RV is recreational vehicle, so that, that is travel trailers and motorhomes. Motorhome meaning motor powered by. Right. Um, so with motorhomes, yeah, you, you have enough room in motorhomes right now to create your own office space. Like the one that we're in right now is a Winnebago Forza. It's 39 feet in length. It has two entertainment chairs. And those dual is, you know, a spot for me to sit in the morning and drink coffee and, you know, work on my computer. But you know, today everything's so remote. I sit outside on the on the you know camping bench, so it it, it works out well. If the weather's fine, <laughs> I it, guess that it's going to be fine this week. We're in fall. We're looking forward to it. We're leaving uh, either tomorrow or Monday, and we'll be on the road for four days. It's interesting that the RV shows tend to happen in fall. Um, there's a lot of attention, and I you know my head would always say, oh, spring. That's where that's where all the attention should be. But no, I mean people are really sort of getting ready for the next year, right? I'll tell you why, and it makes perfect sense. It's because you want, if you're buying a new RV or even buying a used RV, people are either A, coming out of them in the fall, or B, if you're looking for a new one, you need to get your order in now because it's, you know, essentially a home on wheels. You want to be able to get your home ready, ready to roll. So um, one thing I always tell everybody is that if you are interested in a little bit, if you're like Andy, right, if you were in a class D, yeah, um, you are. Yeah, you're going to want to go go to that that website that I throw up often I that I'm associated with. And that's go RVing, uh, go RVing dot com and all the social pages. In fact, if you want to see what what I did in Elkhart, um, I 
did 20 videos on go RVing and campers in RVs social pages on Facebook over the last four days. Right. So everything you want to know about everything is that you is possibly that I did is there. And there's even a Canadian version for our friends up north. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I'm really proud of you. And it's, it's uh, you, you are being sort of in your blood as well as um, motorcycles and uh, uh, vehicles, SUVs and all the other things that you do um, are being sort of your family uh, adventure part time. I mean, you, you do it. Uh, as your fun stuff so to do it uh with the rv industry is really really awesome it is it is you should start your opening monologue coming out of the commercial break just ask us a question about cars rvs motorcycles and boats and we'll answer it there you go perfect uh, so you've been driving a cadillac this week oh yeah <laughs> that thing is like a unit. macho man set. you know i i'm so confused right now with with Cadillac and the General Motors brand, because we know they're going all electric and they've stated that, you know, the Escalade will be their last, you know, gas powered vehicle. And the one that I had last week was, you know, this massive supercharged V8 that had, you know, an LS motor in it from a Corvette and I could race down the freeway. And it's the same thing this week. Like I'm in an XT5 and like it's super sexy looking on the outside. It's got, you know, 3.6 liter engine under the hood. And it, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good car. It's a luxurious car. And so I'm just so confused. I'm, I'm, I'm like, are you all going electric or are you guys getting ready to go back to the, the world of gas with, you know, bigger, faster cars? Uh, yeah, but I think this it, thing's packed, man. it takes a little while for the sort of transition to happen. And I think that's what's kind of happening, right? They're transitioning out of the Cadillac sort of luxury gas performance vehicle into the modern Cadillac, which is tech, high tech electric vehicle. Um, and a lot of people aren't able to go, you know, electric will probably be there, but it's going to be for some people, depending on where you live in the country, it's, it may be 15, 20 years away for other people. If you live in California, it's now, so it's going to take a while. It is. It's going to take a while. So this one I'm in is the 2023 XT5 Sport. It's all wheel drive. It has the luxury package. It has the technology package. So you're going to get all those like super cool safety features that, that you want in a vehicle. Uh, pricing right around $70,000. So it is it is kind of for a smaller SUV. It is probably at the top of the echelon as far as cost goes. But, I mean, it comes with both speakers, just like the ones that, you know, I've got in my ear right now that I'm talking to you guys on. These, these cars are complete and packed with so many great features. I love the idea that um, Cadillac also has sizes and uh, trim levels for the whole for sort of the whole, I guess, eco socioeconomic groups. So if you want a fairly um, family oriented vehicle that you have a new family, they have something for you. If you want a full high performance, full size vehicle, they have something for you. If you want something that is uh, large, but fairly performance, non-performance level, but uh, full of luxury and tech they have something for you so even though it is america's uh second luxury brand after lincoln i think who was the first luxury brand it is absolutely trimmed out for the socio-economic group that you have of course no doubt about it and uh, you know my affinity towards uh, lincoln and the aviator um, I love this equally as well. These are just great cars. That Cadillac that we had last week, the Escalade, we didn't want to get rid of it. We were like, how do we find a way not to return this to Cadillac? It happens. <laughs> like, we're just going to keep this in the garage. just happened to be in my garage. Still there. Yeah, it happens. It, ha it happens. And I uh, I felt the same way as that with that BMW iX M60 um, because that was just so amazing. Uh, and I think in the future, it's it's kind of a weird looking outside, but I'm kind of over that. All those electric cars, I'm not quite ready to settle with how they look on the outside. They still have a little work to do, but oh, they are so much fun to drive. Uh, almost as much fun as gas vehicles to drive to. Um, and those performance of those Cadillacs, one of those Vs, um, if you take them on the track too, they have a great history of racing as well. Have you been racing this one, by the way? Um, not this XT5, the other one I did, but I will tell you, I mean, I'm with you, Nick, that IX, holy heck, man. I mean, I think I've busted a, like, I've messed up my neck driving that car. It was so fast. Like it, it, it that thing had torque, man. Mike, 
Oh, I'm so glad you said torque because Nick sent me to the emergency room blasting off in it. But did you see the crystal things on the doors and in the middle, Mike? It was it was bedazzled. It's like remember the Gene Company True Religion when a yes. dude would walk by and you'd be like, "Man, you are bedazzled for a guy." Like you're what talking, is happening? You're talking yep. Andy's language. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. The bedazzling of the car is just. He still has so a bedazzler under his bed in a shoebox. Yeah, I bedazzle my socks. That's why I know they're mine. They're undisputably so awesome. mine. Yeah, hilarious. Yep. The um, yep. the the idea that uh, the Escalade V is Cadillac's last gas vehicle is kind of scary, isn't it? Uh, it is. I mean, it, it all goes back to what we were saying a minute ago, right? Like, just certain parts of the country are ready for this. You know, we always say California is ready for everything going all electric, but they really are, right? You've got L.A., you got San Diego, and you got San Francisco. But outside of that, California is very rural. Right. Um, so, you know, we're, it's just going to be interesting to see how all this comes together. Uh, I, and I've said it, you know, for the last year on this radio show the cars themselves are amazing it's they're not the issue it's just the infrastructure and if we can figure out a way to do dc fast charging at your home things are going to be amazing america's fastest growing automotive radio show our auto expert nick miles Baboom! 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast. Many more stream it. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news via our Auto Expert. All right, there is lots of interesting news stories flying around this week. Uh, one of them is, of course, the uh, Toyota tops the two categories in the J.D. Power brand loyalty study. Now, Ford has the highest percentage of overall uh, loyalty thanks to the loyal truck buyers, and we'll be getting into that uh, just a little bit later with J.D. Power's Tyson Jomini. But uh, brand loyalty study, which is out from J.D. Power's, shows there is a clear favorite amongst new car buyers. Actually, there's four uh, favorites, if you want to be technically correct. But only one brand captured two categories in the study, that brand, Toyota. Ford is second highest in the percentages with brand loyalty by a slim margin. The study of the uh, four over four years shows, uh, after surveying buyers, that new cars, exclusively uh, and moreover focusing on the buyer's thoughts of those new cars um, and when they trade in their vehicles for a brand new purchase found that they really encompass uh, these four brands as the top brands that they enjoy and they would buy again. Now this information comes from JD Power. They have used uh, surveys of those buyers and they have come up with this information. So even though used cars are certainly in demand at this point in time, uh, it's interesting to look down the loyalty of those who would be going for new, new cars, even in a time of reduced inventory. Now, Toyota has quite a loyal following. Uh, the automaker ranks at the top of the mass market brands, especially in their SUV segment, scoring a loyalty rate of 62.2% of cars and 63.6% of SUV owners. Now, that is pretty amazing, knowing that on average, less than 50% of people buy the same brand a second time. Do you know that, Andy? The second the second time. So, Numero dos. Yeah, so you, you if only 50% of people would go back and buy the same brand a second time. Dang. It's interesting, right? That is. Yeah, so when someone says they they will buy a Ford every time, there's less than 50% of people do. Um, and a lot of these car companies rely on those people to keep themselves alive. So uh, over 60%, 63% um, for those car uh, for the car for the trucks and 62% for the cars when it comes to Toyota. Porsche's achieved, you know, uh, a VP um, status. Uh, they always do really, really well. When it comes to the premium brands, um, Genesis, do it again, 54.6%. Uh, Lexus had 56.4%, so not much behind. Uh, that's 0 0.2, 0 0.2 behind. So really, Genesis and Lexus, people will say, hey, going to come back a second time. Um, uh, Kia also had a really, really good ranking, 54.1%. Oh, it's so close. 
Um, and Subaru in their SUV division, if you bought a Subaru SUV, you're 62.6% likely to come back. But if you bought a Subaru car, not so much. Yeah, I, I believe that a little bit, especially up here in the PNW. Uh, Toyota Nelly had three wins, by the way, um, but they were very, very close. Uh, and then, of course, in the truck category, uh, Ford was 58.7%. And we'll be talking to Tyson uh, Jomini a little bit more about that because, obviously, uh, we're going to talk about truck sales uh, coming up. There is a lot of big other news stories out there. And, of course, they're topped off by the tragedy with Hurricane Ian. And uh, seeing some of these expensive cars being absolutely trashed, um, you know, it's nothing next to the amount of lives and property that have been lost. But uh, the losses have been massive all around. There is a McLaren P1 that was flooded by the hurricane. There's just pictures of this poor car underwater. It's a beautiful car in a gold yellow color. Um, it's just totaled. And of course, you know, those P1s are worth huge amounts of money. Um, they, you know, we've been trying to track the owner down. Uh, this picture was posted, I think, on Instagram uh, under the handle of Lambo9286, if you want to go see it yourself, L-A-M-B-O 9286. Um, it was just sad to see it destroyed um just hurricanes do such a horrible version um that there was uh, there's cars just all over the beaches crushed destroyed um there's just really sad to see uh supercar dot fails um was posting pictures of a garage flooded with Rolls Royce in it um, you know looks like it's pretty much destroyed a phantom uh, it just all of these beautiful vehicles completely destroyed uh, and it's so sad to see and it's also of course sad to see the amount of lives that uh, have been lost now 2023 BMW Z4 is out and uh, if you want to know the difference um, between the Z4 uh, going on sale in the US this November and you're considering getting one and you want to know the difference between that um, and the previous model, uh, the facelift, the facelifted version, um, there is a very good side-by-side -side on MotorOne.com that shows you um, how they look differently. The interesting thing is uh, the Z4 could be discontinued in 2025. Um, there is looking, you know, they're looking for how much it's going to, um, you know, how much people are going to be buying it. They're going to see if it's uh, going to be as popular. The interesting thing is, of course, the Supra is also sharing the same platform as the Z4. So what does that mean in the future of the Supra? Well, I think Toyota probably have the rights to that platform for a while. So we'll see uh, what they decide to do, uh, whether the sales of that are really great. I know that there's been some problems in the competition on the other side there with the uh, Nissan Z. Um, they have no chips for that or the Aria. It's been really hard for them to even think about producing it. And now the manual transmission in the Z uh, seems to um, be on the chopping block. So uh, bad news for the Z. Uh, it was all that fanfare with launching it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's, yeah. when you're going against the iconic, beautiful household name of a Supra. Yeah. You you have to bring your A plus game. I mean, a su it's a Supra. Yeah, Nick, it's a Supra. Yeah, Super is in the name almost. Find us, follow us, direct message your questions or comments at our auto expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our auto expert, Nick Miles, locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the world's car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Auto Madigandi. Hello, who's learning things about the automotive industry every day that he didn't know. My mind's been blown today. Can I blow your mind a little more? Just a, there is a little, the last few cells, please. <laughs> you have three left? Yep. Three brain cells left? All right, here we go. Did you know? We're going to play Did You Know now. Okay. Vietnam is shaped like an S. What? Yeah. It's no, it's like not. An S. Yeah. It's shaped like an S? Yeah. 
It is a country or a nation of rivers. Did you know that? No. It is the world's leading exporter of cashews and black pepper. What? Uh, soccer, they are soccer mad. They are motorbike mad. Yeah, yeah, I figured that one. They are the second largest exporter of coffee. No. Uh, the leading uh, martial artist and the king of karate in uh, Vietnam is Megan Riston. I knew it. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I just got back from Vietnam. Oh, imagine that. Wow. <laughs> um, how was your trip to Vietnam? It was fascinating. That's a really interesting country. You just told me more than uh, I didn't know any facts, but I can tell you it's a beautiful country. It's a really, really interesting place to be. And they actually have a car company, which is, I think, pretty surprising to most Americans. Yeah, and they've invested uh, building factories in the U.S., and I think that was part of the reason that you went is to see their Vietnamese operation uh, before they start building their electric cars in the U.S., which is going to be a big part of the new sort of electric car drive here. Uh, but they wanted to give you a taste of their of their home country, I think, didn't they? Yeah, we got to see the VinFast factory, which is just a massive complex. And uh, one of the things that really surprised me is they're manufacturing their own batteries. I guess because of supply shortages during COVID, they just pivoted and decided they were going to make their own. Um, and I just assumed they were, you know, that was something that they were outsourcing. So that was a really interesting aspect of it. But I got to drive one of them, too. I got to drive the um, VF8, yeah. which is going to be their smaller electric SUV, a little five-seater. And, and I did get to see the VF9, but I didn't get to drive it. And that will be their third row that seats seven. So tell me what you thought of the car. I mean, to be honest, like, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, when I think about when some of the other Asian car companies started, I guess that's what I had anticipated. This is this operation is, like, full-blown. The car was way nicer than I anticipated. I mean, it's got... I mean, they're putting all the bells and whistles in it. I did not get to drive the American version, which I think will be even better. I got to drive the Vietnamese uh, version, and it was it was quite nice. It's incredibly spacious. So, uh, at one point, I was sitting in the back row with two other adults, and we were fine. So that I, I was like, "Man, we're all going to squeeze in," and then it was no big deal. So, did it have all the things that Americans want? You know, I know in Germans, even up to 2015, it was hard to get USB ports, and it was hard to get cup holders in some of the German cars. Um, are they doing the things that American wants? You, the Americans want like good air conditioning, good USB ports, and good cup holders. They are. In fact, I would say that when they decided to make this car, they made it for Americans. And they're taking it into other markets as well, but it's obviously made for Americans. If, if it doesn't have a 64-ounce big gulp holder, I don't want it. <laughs> well, you got you got to get the big gulp that like tapers down, you know. Dang. Yeah, finally, the day has come. <laughs> the day has come when Andy has to start being realistic. Um, and they're, they're sort of this... Um, I, it's hard to explain. I, I would call them a premium car company. They're not what we would consider like a high-end European luxury, but they're sort of a premium no. a premium car company, but they're sort of a, a non-premium price, aren't they? I mean, I think the price when they come to America is going to be pretty high, actually. I mean, it's, I think um, one of the things that in America that they're not doing in the other countries is in America you buy the car and you buy the battery. Outside of the U.S., uh, you can lease the battery. And that might be an option when they bring it over here, but once you have to add the battery in, the price jumps to about fifty-one thousand. Which is probably what you're paying for a Kia EV6, or you're paying for a Hyundai, um, you know, uh, Ionic Five. So it's about the same price. Um, mm -hmm. And if it's made in the U.S. and the battery is made in the U.S., which I'm not sure, are the batteries going to be made here or just the cars? So. They will be eventually. So their North Carolina facility, they still haven't broken ground on it. They're still kind of going through the process. But they're going to build it in two phases. So the first phase is just going to be to manufacture the cars. And then the second phase will be the batteries, which is great. Uh, so when they do manufacture the cars and the batteries, it will be eligible for the tax credit, um, which is great. But initially, if only if the car and the battery is made in the U.S., uh, does that work? So um, we have to, I guess, look forward for that. 
which is... Right, and I, I think that's affected a lot of car companies, the yeah. uh, new rules. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, talking to people like Toyota and uh, other brands, um, Hyundai, I mean, everything in their fleet was suddenly not eligible for any tax credits whatsoever. And those companies mm-hmm. that have worked so hard to get on the roster with tax credits suddenly were without tax credits, which was just sad, in a sense. It is. Um, but, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Uh, you know, they're working very hard to uh, now do what this government wants them to do. Um, and we'll see if that works out. Um, so the the rest of Vietnam, I mean, there's things that attract me about this country, first of all. Lots of fresh fruit. A lot. Um, lots of uh, noodles. The two things in the world that I love more than anything else. Fresh yeah. fruit and lots and of seafood. Uh, yeah, lots, you, you, can keep the, the, you can keep the seafood part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, and then it just is beautiful scenery and water. I mean, it's a an, it's a nation of rivers, so it's probably got everything. I was talking to my one of my best friends, Viet, who's ironically Vietnamese, and I asked him about, "Hey, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm about due for a midlife crisis journey, and I want to go to Vietnam." And I, cause then I asked him, I said, "Well, when I did my." 37 seconds of Google research, I saw like how basically everyone, and Megan, please correct me if I'm wrong, about 99% of everyone goes by in these little like two-seater motorbikes. And uh, I asked him like, how, how does that work? Do they have like one with training wheels that's going to handle a big dude like me? And he said, first of all, you sh- they're not going to let you in Vietnam. They're going to take <laughs> one look at you and say, you're the size of three of us and you need to leave. And there's no way you're going to get around public transit. But he said if you're if you're dead set on going, you can. He said he has an uncle that I could hire just to drive me around all the time. So did you? you know, did I feel you, like your friend is not that good of a friend because I think you'll have no issues at all. I do think you know it's worth hiring a driver to take you around. I was with the um, U.S. Media Group, and so we had a bus to ourselves, and we had a driver the whole time, and it was. Um, super easy to get around and you can fly Vietnamese airlines you can fly to different locations within the country so we switched from the north to the south and it only took a couple of hours so uh, your friend is yeah. I don't know what's wrong with your I'm, friend I'm gonna, yeah I'm gonna have to call him after this and tell him hey man maybe, I heard maybe we should call him on the air call maybe we should out. and say hey man I'm not I'm not that big I'm thick with three C's but yeah, not. You just have a meat. You just have a meat blanket. You're the same as the rest of us. You just have an extra meat blanket. I don't. I'm not one of those big dudes that needs two seats in an airplane. But no, I am just big. three, a whole row. Just a whole row. <laughs> <laughs> I would get a whole row going over because man, it's a long flight. So you'll want to sleep. I want um, that and the authentic pho. That's what I want. We. I actually got to go through the VinFast scooter factory. That was kind of interesting, watching them test them out and everything, and they were driving them around the factory, and they're adorable. They're adorable little scooters, so I think you'd be fine. I think you could handle that scooter. Oh, Um, bless you, Megan. So, Megan, in the last two minutes we have, let me ask you some rapid-fire questions about Vietnam. Favorite thing? My favorite thing about Vietnam? Mm, The beaches. The beaches are really beautiful. Went jet skiing. Good times. One thing you wouldn't do again in, in a trip to Vietnam? One thing I wouldn't do again, I would do it all over again. You know what? I wouldn't go to a puppet show again. They have a wooden (laughs) puppet show, like a water puppet show. It's super weird. I was like, well, I have to see this. I'm in Vietnam. Like, there's no way I can't see this, right? And then I laughed so hard through that whole show. It's probably disrespectful, but it's so funny. That's good life advice. No more Muppet shows. (laughs) Puppet. Not Muppet. Puppet. Both of them. No, none of it. Uh, One thing that you would absolutely recommend everybody does when they go to Vietnam, apart from the beaches. Oh, gosh. Keep an open mind. Uh, be, be an adventurous eater. The food is very different. Um, don't be scared to venture out. Like, you got to go out to the market. you got to, you know, take city tours wherever you're at. And, um, anytime you're in Asia, it's just so different from America. And you do yourself an injustice if you just stay at the resorts. I mean, we're at the Vin Pearl Resorts, which is the same company that owns VinFast. And they're beautiful resorts, and you could basically never leave. But then then you've missed out on a whole other aspect of the country. So um, you got to venture out. What, what's the best thing about the Vietnamese people? Oh, gosh, they're so warm and friendly. They're so happy you're there. Um, 
the the hospitality was just unbelievable. I mean, anything you needed, man, they just made it happen. And Vietnamese massages are amazing, too. And no, I don't mean that in a weird way. So there's Thai massages where they basically beat you. Like, they're kind of rough. Uh-huh. And the Vietnamese is like a similar version, but scaled down so you don't come out bruised and um, So wait, they, they beat you and they're kind of rough? I'm taking in notes. Thailand. Um, right, hold on, let me write this we're down, just, Megan. We're just booking tickets. Yeah, Andy, right? go to yeah. Thailand. Yeah, bu- <laughs> beating, <laughs> rough. Be rough. And, uh, how, how much, much extra yeah. Yeah. punch? Okay. All right, got it. It's Good. cheap. It's real cheap. <laughs> Would you take your children? Absolutely. The very first the very first text I, I sent within the first hour of being in the country was to my children, and I was like, I have to bring you here. I mean, to step off a plane, get on a bus, and immediately just drive oh. through scenery that is just so dense, oh. thick, oh. jungle. It, it was the beatings, Maybe. wasn't it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's putting the fancy back in pants. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. You can do that by going to our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. It's where two billion, not billion, but million Americans get their automotive news daily. I need to slow down. Can we open up a bottle of champagne if it ever switches to a B? Uh, yeah. I'll buy you a crate of Verve Cliquet. Um, That's my favorite kind. Our auto expert is the website. Automatic Andy is the dude. And the car he's been driving is the 2022 Volkswagen Jetta um, Sport. So, Andy, would you tell me about it? I would, I, would, I would be loving to. I would love to to do that. Make a decision. Both of them. Okay. I would, I would do that for you. Uh, so Nick, this was a little bit of a treat because the Jetta was like a huge car for me growing up. And I had almost like every other friend that I had growing up in high school and college and stuff, they all had a Jetta. It was either a Jetta or a Honda Civic or some kind of a hand-me-down truck. So this was really, really fun to, to be into. Um, new a little bit for the 2022, it's, it was like a 30% kind of a remix sort of a thing. Um, they did get, uh, excuse me, the Jetta and the Jetta GLI did receive a little bit of a freshen of the exterior and interior. Not huge. The 2023 ones are getting a little bit more, excuse me, but this one, just a little bit, just a little bit teaser. The big ones, though, the base Jetta upgrades to the 158 horsepower, 1.5 liter, four banger, instead, uh, that comes from the Taos. So yeah, Taos, th- that Taos, too. Towel, that one, the Volkswagen towel. Uh, That was the big one. And that's that's increased a lot of performance and a lot of good fuel economy for the Jetta Sport. Um, Volkswagen announced a new sport trim positioned above the base S trim with an XDS differential. Don't even ask me what that is. 17 inch wheels and a black package. So there's a lot of cool things for this year's Volkswagen Jetta Sport. Uh, They also, not on the inside, on the outside, they switched and made a lot of new things standard. And a lot of of previously optional features are now standard. Excuse me. Uh, With the engine, that's my favorite part of the car because it makes you go. You know, the whole reason for it. Um, this new engine that it got from the Volkswagen towel uh, uh-huh. produces 158 horsepower, an yeah. increase of 11 horses from the Jetta's current 1.4 liter. So you get a little bit more, a little more juice in the caboose, Nick. Uh, it's paired with a six-speed manual or an eight-speed automatic transmission. Yeah. And you know the rear is in the upper, in the bottom right part, not uh, the upper yeah. right. And with that switch from the Volkswagen towel, the fuel economy got its superb nick at 34 miles per gallon just for petrol. Petrol. That's really good for just petrol. Yeah. 34 miles a gallon, and right. you get to and you get to look cool. One of the things, like stepping back for just un momento, Nick. Yeah. The whole for me as a consumer. The whole thing about because I don't know I don't know nothing about cars I don't know if you've noticed but there's not a lot about the cars that I feel confident speaking of except for concert abilities like the audio and the infotainment stuff I'm solid there but as far as like maintenance and other stuff I don't know what I'm doing but with the Jetta it's more of like the 
it's almost like a lifestyle car, kind of like in the Pacific Northwest, the Subaru is kind of like, hey, every other person has a Subaru. Right. A jet is kind of like that. To me, it's like a, it's about the aesthetic. It's a, it's cool looking. It's it's trendy. It's got all the coolest like gear on it. Um, so it's not for me so much about like, I don't know. I, of course, it needs to be about the performance, but it's more of for me, it's like the, the lifestyle of it, the aesthetic, yeah. the jet is, you know, it's, it's iconic, I think like. Uh, the design part of it, the little bit that did get upgraded, um, the exterior and interior of the Jetta and the GLI, they have some a few changes. There's a new grille, updated front and rear bumpers, and the Volkswagen's logo has been revised, which gives the Jetta a more polished look, Nick. It, <sighs> it took the aesthetic and capital the A, you know mm, what I mean? Shiny. It's really nice. On the inside, uh, they updated seats, which are way more comfy. Updated upholstery yeah. choices and yeah. newly standard digital glage cluster. Glage cluster. Glade. That sometimes my mouth doesn't work. There's a lot to move in there, Nick. I got a lot of teeth. Um, it also it it they updated the steering wheel as a, um, as well and a new shifter design. Okay. It feels different in your hand, Nick. If you have a shifter available. I'm gone with it. Uh, so the available driver assistance features have also been tweaked with automated. Automated, automated emergency braking, rear traffic alert, and blind spot monitoring are all now standard, Nick. They're all standard. And we have an upgraded IQ drive package with additional driver assist, assist systems. Systems. I didn't have the, 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 the ability to do the upgraded stuff, oh. but it had most of everything that I wanted. And I learned that if the car, even though if it's just a plant, yeah. And it starts to ding like, hey, dummy, stop moving. Yeah. It will break the car. <laughs> the car will stop. Wow. It will oh, just, that it'll kind hit of the break, brake. Yeah. I guess. It hit the car's brakes. It just, on the big digital gauge cluster, there's just a giant red word that says brake. And you don't really have a choice. You brake. I learned that in the Jetta. <laughs> and you no just, choices. You no. will do what you are told. You just kind of have to stop it. Nick, and the, the base Jetta, it, we didn't get the base one, but if we had the base, there's nothing wrong with the base one. The yeah. base one is super nice. Yeah. It's just under 20K. So you get a lifestyle car, yeah. an aesthetically pleasing looking car, yeah. sporty, 34 miles a gallon. What? Shut up. Oh, yeah. And you get so much standard features. Ba-boom. That it's, uh, that's hard to argue with. I don't, even, it may not be, you know, let me put this this Volkswagen Jetta may not be the star of the VW lineup anymore, get the attention that the Golf does or the towel, but it's good to know. The towel. Good to know it and the sportier Jetta GLI siblings are still there for purchase. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it may not like when you open the fridge, you don't necessarily go for the vegetables first. But it's nice knowing that they're there and they're they're healthy and they're good yep. for you and they look good. And you can throw them away on a Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. Get out of here, Jetta, on yeah. a Sunday. That's yeah. my cheat meal day. All right. So, Nick. Stamp of approval? Yes. Oh, nice. I'd buy it. No, yeah. I'd buy it. I'd, I'd, I'd like the GLI one. By the way, I just did one correction. You did get something wrong. What? Every day's your cheat day. Ah! The thrill of the throttle. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us or ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Truck sales still the backbone of North America. Uh, one, two, and three in the lineup of best selling vehicles. Uh, traditionally, it was Ford, then Chevrolet in some form or other, followed by Ram. But those numbers tend to switch around month to month. Ford maintaining their number one usually, uh, and then Ram and Chevrolet battling it out for second place. But electric trucks coming up, uh, they are going on sale so far in the United States. There are three electric trucks in the marketplace. Uh, we have seen the Rivian RT1, 
and then the Hummer EV and the F-150 Lightning. But are those making a dent in any way, shape or form to numbers of the American gas trucks that are on sale in the United States? There's one man that has an abacus at his desk and the old traditional calculator with that big old handle at the side. He does all the number crunching for J.D. Power. His name, Tyson Jomini. Tyson is the car financing specialist, the guy who does all the numbers and the math and he was the guy at the back of the class you used to cheat off of when uh, you were in school yes andy i'm looking at you i did uh, tyson how do things look in the truck industry <laughs> thanks for having me back nick uh things look quite strong and actually breaking news the lordstown endurance probably a brand most people don't know about it's a pickup truck it just went into production this week wow. so now that brings the total to four EV pickup trucks in the market now. Um, so keep a, keep an eye out for that one. I don't know if you'll see it or not. Um, but trucks overall continue to do quite well. As a matter of fact, year-to-date sales of, of trucks are up almost two points. Wow. We're basically talking a near 80% share for, for pickups and, and vans and, and SUVs all combined, everything that we call trucks. Wow, that is uh, absolutely huge. Now, the big three have also, you know, Ford is, I don't think, it's, I can't keep count now, but it's, uh, they've been the number one selling vehicle in North America for around 40 years and the number one pickup truck for, I think, over 50 years now. Uh, do they still maintain that uh, number one? And presumably the F 150 Lightning is counted in that number, right? Yeah, so F 150 would be in that number. Uh, when we're talking just trucks, um, this year, actually, Silverado and, and F-150 are neck and neck. Um, so it's not so runaway. And, and um, we'll, we'll see how it ends. Um, of course, you know, it, it's all down to production and, and who's got the, the chips and the inventory. Um, but it is, it's really close between F-150 and, and Silverado. And, and, and honestly, it's been 45 years of F-150 as the number one selling vehicle in the industry. So how close are we talking um, close enough that I think it's going to come down to the last couple months of the year. I mean, we're, you know, in, in retail share, we're actually seeing that Chevy is just slightly ahead of Ford um, in, in that space this year. Um, but, of course, you know, uh, there's there's sales to fleets and, and other channels that, that may uh, neutralize it out. So we're going to be watching Nick all the way to the end. Are we talking about like, um, you know, 1,000, 10,000? How, how much separates them? Uh, more like 20,000. So okay. it, it, oh. it's a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll see what it comes down to in the end. So Ford must be, so it must be perspiring a little. I bet they're punching the air right now. <laughs> Just angry. Someone's, someone's in on a Saturday when they're not supposed to be working. Figure this out, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they probably are getting a little nervous, but some good news for Ford. This week in the J.D. Power Loyalty Awards, they won the award, the award for most loyal truck buyers in the industry. So they're doing something right. It's, it's not about anyone not wanting their trucks. It's just about having that inventory. Um, I think as we know, there's a lot of, of half-finished F-150s sitting around waiting to get their, their final parts and be shipped to consumers. So, it, again, it's going to be neck and neck by the end of the year. Do you expect to see uh, some other vehicles sacrificed uh, at the factory level so chips can go into F-150s? Ooh. Well, I mean, generally what, what we've seen is um, it, it does take place. Uh, vehicles like, you know, Ford Escape um, probably already have seen some of that sacrifice to make way. Of course, you know, right next to Ford Escape, there's the Ford Bronco Sport, which which is doing quite well. And, of course, the, the big boy Bronco above it uh, and F-150 all kind of getting precedent here, precedent for, uh, for the chips. So things like, you know, the Ford Edge, um, and, and the Ford Escape may have to be sacrificed a bit to, to put forward the top sellers. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling my Ford Bronco Sport, and uh, it's there's quite a lot of interest around it, too. Um, you know, people really want those vehicles, and they started up the factory again in Mexico making them, um, and instantaneously, I think, uh, they may be stopping it again, too, because the chips may need to go somewhere else. So we'll <laughs> yeah, see. Exactly. We'll see. Um, so... Uh, do you, is electric making any dent into these gas vehicle numbers or, um, you know, from, from Rivian and from Hummer and now from Lordstown, are, uh, are, they, are they changing the landscape of truck sales? Well, they're certainly changing the, the truck pricing landscape. I mean, these vehicles that you mentioned are, 
uh, very expensive vehicles. I mean, you're talking about the Rivian and, and, and F-150 are both $75,000, $80,000-ish uh, kind of out-the-door prices, what we're seeing. Um, and, and, of course, the Hummer, you know, going for well over $100,000 at this point. Um, so they're very, very expensive vehicles. So the impact on, on volume won't be as great. But uh, that said, uh, I'm very optimistic about Lightning and what it represents uh, and, and how well it's being accepted. I mean, out of the gate, Lightning is, is really doing fantastic. One of the interesting things here, of course, is that for every F-150 Lightning they sell, it counts towards the Ford F-150 sales. But for every Hummer that GM sells, it doesn't count towards their Silverado sales because it's a different category and a different brand. So ultimately, um, that doesn't help the overall truck numbers uh, for for the brands, but their F-150s do. Um, and Rivian's slow to be nice about it. Uh, about getting their vehicles out. I think they they were sort of predicting more than they've actually got out, although I'm seeing them quite regularly and everyone seems to be happy with buying a Rivian, but the production is a little slower than they'd hoped for. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, when we look at the, the rankings of sales of trucks, Rivian is, is clear last. Um, they are struggling with the, the manufacturing side. Making cars is hard. I mean, we know it. It, it seems like uh, just because Toyota and Ford can do it easily, that maybe everyone could, but it, it's hard, and, and doing it right is a, is a challenge. And, and Rivian, uh, they're they're learning. Um, I'm 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 optimistic about them as well. I, I don't think uh, they're going anywhere. I think they'll they'll get it figured out, and you'll start to see a lot of those uh, R1Ts on the road. So let's talk about um, the vehicles that are sort of the high end luxury uh, of these. Um, obviously, the expensive versions of these, like the Capstone from Toyota and uh, these high-end trucks, we're seeing so many more of these at dealerships now. And that's purely because even though chips were limited, there's much bigger margins on these vehicles, right? And that's why we're seeing these uh, King Ranch versions of Ford and the high-end versions of the uh, things like the, the Tacomas, etc., on dealer lots because they have a bigger margin and and companies obviously want to make those and sell those because there's more profit in them yeah and, and that's kind of been an underreported part of the the price environment we're seeing right now nick everyone talks about you know dealer markups are are driving it uh, but the reality is that the kinds of vehicles that we're buying have greatly shifted and, and they've shifted higher within a within a uh, model range so people aren't just buying you know the base uh, F-150. They, they are buying those King Ranches. And as I mentioned, with the F-150 Lightning uh, around the $80,000 price point, that, that's not because Ford doesn't start, you know, at 80000 They start, you know, just over forty. The reality is, is that the average consumer is buying a Lariat F-150 Lightning, a very high-end uh, spec version of it. Um, so most consumers uh, are, are moving up that way. And quite frankly, automakers, that's really what they're offering as well. I mean, if you only have so many chips, you're going to put them in your most profitable places and trims. And, and of course, that has a knock-on effect. I think we've seen in the last two years, the average transactional price of a vehicle go from around $36,000 to somewhere in the uh, mid-$40,000 range. And it's purely because only higher trim levels are being manufactured, right? Yeah, it, it's a part of it. We're seeing transaction prices. Uh, they finally dip below forty-six. Uh, they actually have come down a bit here in, in September. Uh, we'll probably need a couple more data points to see if it's a trend or, or an aberration. Um, but we are seeing prices right around $46,000, which, yeah, I mean, to your point, compared to a few years ago when we were seeing prices in the mid-30s, uh, it's been a very quick run-up in, in transaction prices. So let's talk about regional breaks, breakdowns. Are we seeing changes um, from some different parts of the country in uh, whether people are buying uh, um, trucks in electric versions and gas versions? Well, one thing, and, and it seems obvious, but Californians are now buying more EVs than ever. Of course, if you've been out in California this week where they saw gas prices go up uh, basically a quarter overnight or so, um, you know, they're still seeing gas prices, 6 $7 a gallon in places around Los Angeles. Um, so that EV sales are, are doing better now really than ever in, in California. Um, and that's sort of the opposite of what we're expecting to happen. Like, Nick, we're expecting the rest of the country to start catching up to California. The reality is the fuel prices out west have been so high that EVs continue to get higher. In fact, Tesla now has a greater reliance on California than they did just a few years ago. Um, so we do continue to see that shift. 
Um, but of course, you know, ev- everywhere else in the rest of the country, uh, seeing more moderate gas prices as of late um, here. Uh, and so we do see, uh, again, truck sales, SUVs are up almost two points this year. Uh, so it's not really having an impact on what people are buying. Ask him anything. Our auto expert, Nick Miles, has an answer. Direct message your questions at our auto expert on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Boom! Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast. Many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Along with me in the chair next to me, and it's a big armchair with cushy, cushy seats, is Automatic Andy. I, I'm my own seat. Yeah. If a chair is uncomfortable, it's still comfy. You have your own driver's seat, too. Yeah, no, Nick, there's, you know what seats I don't like? What? The ones that are, that have hard edges. Oh, no. Like the racing ones, but yeah. it's just when you, when I get in. So I love BMW competitions, yes. especially the, uh, the, the M3 and M4 competition. Mm-hmm. But they have a piece of carbon fiber where a gentleman's belongings may sit. You like yes. You said belongings? Well said. Um, well said. And I have very short femurs. Very short so, what? Femur. Okay. Thought you I heard know, something else. You know where a femur is, right? It's the leg bone, the big one. Yeah, that connects from the knee, the patella mm-hmm. area to the hip. For, uh, it connects uh, with, with the tibia and fibula. Yeah, but it doesn't actually connect. No, it doesn't. It's the patella area. Yeah, the, tibi- the patella yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down to the hip. Do you want me to draw it for you? No, because I I, no, I can I, I understand stick man. Okay, stick man. Mm-hmm. So I have a short femur. Okay. In fact, my femur is probably twelve inches. And when I, I'm never going to be able to look at foot long subs again the same way. So when I sit in a racing, can I have food, a next leg sandwich? <laughs> next leg sandwich. It's like a leg of lamb. Yeah. Leg of Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so when I sit in an M3 or M4 yeah. competition, yeah. it was giggling now. Stop it. I can't. Uh, when I sit in an M3 and M4 competition, um, the femur part of the seat is too long. Um, so I slide back and forwards, and it has a piece of carbon fiber that goes between your legs to center you better. And because my femur is short, there's space between it. So I can slide when I'm braking and accelerating extremely fast. um, I slide backwards and forwards. And sometimes that piece of carbon fiber that sticks out in the middle between my goods rams me into it. And so you can hear me on the microphone in my helmet as I'm on the racetrack <laughs> going around the corner at speed. <laughs> at, you know, I'm cornering at 35, 45 miles an hour and then suddenly braking as we come into a turn. So, you know, you jam it to the floor and then you get your markers coming up to a turn. So it's into the turn. And when you make sound, it activates your headset so they can hear you in the pit. Oh, no. It's like a helicopter. Have you ever been in a helicopter? No, they won't right. let me. So in a helicopter, when you talk, it activates the microphone. Okay. And so it's quiet because it's very noisy when you're flying a helicopter, and you want to talk to the passengers in the back or the tower, you have to hit the radio button, but the radio doesn't activate until you speak, and then it turns on. Because it hears the sound. So I push the button uh, to talk in in a helicopter, but it's voice activated as well. So in the race car, it's the same. When I talk, it transmits to the pits. And so as I come up, I'm not talking, but as I break suddenly from about, uh, could be doing 120 to get down to about 45, 35 to get into the corners, and I slam on the brake as hard as I can to get slowed down, my buttocks slide forward mm-hmm. um, because there's short femurs and a lot of give between this piece of carbon fiber plastic in the M3 or M4 at the front of the seat. And my body is sort of stopped 
by the seatbelt, but my hips tend to slide forward a little bit and they connect parts of me connects with this piece of carbon fiber. So if you listen to the recordings of me driving the racetrack, every time we come up to a curb, you get, <laughs> Oh, I, knew, I wonder what that was <laughs> like this. <sighs> and then they, they think I must have put a hip out or something because I'll get out the car and I limp. <laughs> I limp into the pits and they're like, you're all right, buddy. Someone tapped the back end of your car and said, in a way, yes, they did. <laughs> and the back end of my car was tapped during every turn. They're like, who was it? It was me. I tapped the back end of my own car. Yeah, it was my subway legs. <laughs> yeah, my subway legs. So the moral of the story is you might want to buy those undergarments with padding. Man, I knew BMW was on to something. It's it's an interesting setup. I uh, bet. Those seats aren't my favorite. Talk about increasing like driver participation and eyes on the road. <laughs> like That'll make sure you pay attention. Well, you just have to know how to drive, which clearly I don't because I'm hooping <laughs> around the corner. I always <laughs> wondered what that was, man, because I'd hear some tape of you doing some editing. And I, would, I would just figure, I don't know, like it was a tough turn or something. But yeah. now I know what it is. Well, it's a tough turn, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm in an M3 or M4 doing a racetrack, it's a tough turn. Oh man, dude, I can't wait to get in the X3. I just, I'm all I'm going to think about is subway and taking turns. I get home and it's who did that to you? <laughs> who did this? You tell me right now. <laughs> who did this to you? Yeah, you show me, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun on a racetrack in more than one sense. Kind of, I kind of feel like it's still worth it. Yeah, you've never been, have you? No, I've never, I've never had an intimate setting with carbon fiber at 120. So no. Um, the most excitement you've had in an M3 or M4 is getting Starbucks cream up your nose. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> I wait until Andy's just about to take a sip of his Starbucks, and then I'll jam on the accelerator or the brakes, and he gets it up his nose. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I feel like I just should start ingesting it that way now because it's <laughs> just, a lot easier. You snort your latte? Yeah. Can I have three lines of puppuccino, please? Uh, puppuccino. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the cream and I'll snort it. Yeah, just give me just give me the canister, Chelsea. <laughs> you drive up to the window and someone watches them just put lines on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> the next evolution of obesity. <laughs> Snorting cream from Starbucks <laughs> in the drive-thru. Starbucks, let's talk. <laughs> We can do disposable disposable plates you can just give out to obese people. Automatic Andy, snorting cream in the drive-thru. <laughs> How'd you get through Le Mans, in the, Andy? In the BMW <laughs> M3, M4. I can't wait for that to be my line when I win the Le Mans. I want you, I want you to stand up there with a the champagne and, and on the podium and pop the top when you've, you've won like a race and there'll be like rings of cream around your nose. <laughs> He's been snorting. He's been snorting Insta Whip. Oh man, that would be the best fueled by Insta Whip. Yeah, winner of the <laughs> Le Mans race. Yeah, that's. Oh. I'm coming for you. It really. Yeah. I wonder how you digest it. I mean, it all goes down the same hole as long as you don't breathe it in and you get it in your stomach at some point. There yeah. is a connection between your nose and your stomach. You know that, right? There is. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, there yeah. is. I figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, when I sneezed at a buffet, <laughs> I figured it out. It was horrible. Please tell me I wasn't at the same buffet. <laughs> All right, we probably should go because uh, <laughs> Our Auto Expert uh, on the web at ourautoexpert.com. You can read, view, and be queasy at all of the uh, past <laughs> podcasts. Uh, they are there, all on 150 plus. And of course, we will join you next podcast. Listen to previous episodes of the show, watch automotive videos, and get the latest inside automotive info at ourautoexpert.com. <laughs>